of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, we, we all experience uh, tough things from time to time, don't we? I mean, the, the, the tough thing occurs, you know, we, we generally rally ourselves in the beginning, don't we? And, and you know, we kind of access some of our, our resources and we kind of, you know, pump ourselves up a little bit so we can kind of go through whatever it is we need to power through, right? But then, well, maybe comes the next day. I'm very grateful that Mary's been able to join us here this morning, right? That's exactly what Mary has been going through. You know, a, a, a funeral in a, a sense can have a, a bittersweet joy about it because so many people come, right? You know, we have, we have people that we know that were in this church for the, the first time in, in six months or a year, because there was the, the funeral, and so they came, and to be able to have a, a wonderful a, attendance. Now, it's hard to feel bad about that. We have a, a powerful day, and, and things just all kind of work together. And, well, then it was done. And then we, we wake up the, the next morning. We're waking up to a, a day when, you know, Randy Fisher isn't here among us anymore. He's not going to be driving the school bus this year. Right? His, his influence for uh, Christ, and, and now it, it, it's kind of gone. Yeah, well, people remember, but memory begins to fade, doesn't it? It's that, that next day when you just kind of maybe hurt all over and, and you, you get up and maybe you even said what's the the point now Tuesday was kind of a, a peculiar day for me because after the the funeral it was like wow that was really a wonderful worship service and and then I went home and many of you, you know, you know, Scott went off to Lindenwood University in Missouri with a, a weightlifting scholarship, and he was really excited because Tuesday afternoon was going to be the first day of practice, right? He's going to be together with the team, a team that's won five national championships. He's going to be with a, a phenomenal coach, a coach who had been to the Olympics and now in his later years sets records in the senior division still. Now, not just a coach with words, but a coach that, that's actually out there still doing things. And so Scott's going to meet his new teammates and he's going to get together with the new coach and he's going to be in this new program and... The weightlifting program got cut because of financial reasons with the, the COVID virus. 
See, like, like so many schools around our nation that depend on their football program to bring in revenue, if you suddenly cut the football season, right, you don't have fans coming to the stadiums. You don't have people buying things in the local community. You suddenly have to begin to say, well, what are we going to do? Where are we going to get the money? Who, who has to go? And so Tuesday, Scott found out that his coach got fired. And they, they don't have an official program anymore. But well, they're, they're going to let him keep his scholarship. So that's at least a little bit of good news. But, you know, since, since he's not officially part of a, a team, you know, that the teams get to use the weightlifting facilities and he's got to try to scramble around and maybe get a membership at a CrossFit gym or, or something like that nearby, right? He, he no longer is going to, you know, have money to go to competitions. He's going to have to be able to take care of that himself if he wants to continue competing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be worse because they could have just said, well, you know, since we don't have a team, you don't get a scholarship anymore. But on the, on the other hand, you know, he was kind of proud of that, right? I have a scholarship to do athletics at a university. Well, now if you go to the, the website, there, there's no weightlifting program there anymore. Right? You, you can't see his picture. That program doesn't exist. We, we, we get hit with things like that. And it, it could even be just a, a, a kind of smaller thing. Because, you know, as I, I'm you know, riding back with the funeral director from the funeral, she, she happened to ask me, you know, what, what, what do you have to do this afternoon? I was like, the only thing I have to do this afternoon is take my son Robert to the soccer practice. And he's, he's doing well. You know, the, the, the coach likes him. The coach appreciates him. Things are, are going pretty good for him in soccer right now. I said things like that. And, and so I took Robert to the soccer practice. And the, the head coach was with the varsity team, and so he had to bring in someone just to cover the practice. Robert came back from the practice. He said, I'm ready to quit soccer. Right? You, you guys, you know, we all go through those things, don't we? You know, wow, things were, were great and they were going well and it, it was wonderful and, and now the next day comes. Now we're, we're kind of struggling with what we're going to do. Now we're trying to, you know, find our path again. But all, all it takes is a, a moment, doesn't it? That someone maybe goes out, out of their way just a, a little bit to, to include you, to make an extra little effort so that, you know, your, your day can be a little bit better. 
uh, understand Joe Strzok and his family came by Mary's house and they said, hey, would you, you like to come out to the lake with us and you know, watch our, our little kids play around and, and you know, just kind of do some normal stuff, right? To, to be included, to be invited. So you're, you're not just uh, alone thinking, wow, I, I just lost this or I, I just lost my loved one or you know, the things are, are falling apart. Uh, just a, a friendly word. Just a, a simple act of kindness. You know, for, for me talking to, to my son Scott, you know, I had the opportunity to, to remind him, you know, once again, you know, Satan is out there. Satan wants to hurt your life. Satan does things. It happens to everyone, right? You know, uh, especially the ones that know Christ, right? You know, maybe for bad, evil people, we wonder how they keep it existing and, and they continue to be bad and evil and it doesn't seem like, you know, the forces of nature are really even conspiring against them. Well, it's because Satan has them already. He doesn't have to work that hard. You know, get that guy that curses and swears and takes drugs all the time. Satan doesn't have to work that hard to hold on to him. But for the, the Christians, he's always out there. God says in the Holy Scripture, Satan is like a roaring lion. He's going about freely, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, to try to put it in perspective, you know, so, so you say, you know, uh, Pastor, what kind of world do we live in? We live in a world where there's a, a roaming lion out there in the streets. He wants to get a hold of you. He wants to ruin your life. But guess what? God says that he can take the terrible things Satan has in store and he can turn them over for our good if we will but continue to love him and follow in his footsteps. Right, so yeah, there, you know, there's a couple conditions, but we have that sure and certain hope that God can take this terrible thing that the death of a husband, loss of a scholarship, loss of a team, a substitute coach that you really couldn't stand. God can take those things and he can work them for our good. He can do something with that. And we all need that little bit of hope, don't we? Because we, we can easily get confused. We can easily say to, to ourselves, oh, you know, maybe God is punishing me. Or that, that's probably really the worst one. You know, I, 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 I don't know exactly what happened, but, you know, God must be punishing me. Oh, Wow. And then maybe your mind begins to look for excuses or, or reasons, you know, that, that God must be punishing you for this to have happened. And of course, if it came from the hand of God and it's his punishment, well, then I just kind of have to take it, don't I? And what can I even do? 
And maybe I'm even cursed. Now, I wonder when the curse is going to end finally. Right? And hopefully none of you have thoughts like that, but maybe you have friends and neighbors that have said those very words. I don't know what's going on. I think God is against me. I think God has cursed me. Right? These terrible things that happen, they must be from God's hand. You see, if we take that, that position, if we have that attitude, we're not going to look for the blessing, are we? And that's what God is encouraging us to do today. And God comes and he says, yeah, the roaring lion's out there. Yeah, the, the roaring lion is probably going to get you from time to time. Right? In this world, you will have trouble, he tells us. But what God wants us to see in the midst of that trouble, that even though the thing is terrible, he has said, I can turn it for your good. I can use it to create a blessing. I can help you move forward looking for something positive. That's kind of the bottom line, isn't it? And so, you know, you know what? Of course, I'm able to remind my boys about that. You know, yeah, you know, Wednesday morning, you know, people woke up and, and maybe Wednesday wasn't that good of a day. But still, you begin to move forward again. You come to find that you have the strength to face tomorrow. Now, Mary, I'm, I'm so grateful you're able to get out of bed this morning, come to church, right? Because the, the temptation is there, isn't it? For, for all of us at times, you know, I, I, I had a tough week staying home, you know. My, my son Scott got up on, on Wednesday morning and, and he determined he was going to join the cycling team. Now, since we've been a, a, around here, you know, he, he's maybe roped his bike around the community like four or five times, right? So yeah, he, he's got a, a, a bike, it's nothing special. And you know, it's not like he had a, a great love of, of riding when, when he went off to Lindenwood University, but he came up with that idea and he, he talked with the, the coach of the team and you know, by Friday, he's on the cycling team. He finds a, another sport. Yeah, he's gonna continue weightlifting because you know, it's something he's really good at and has titles in, but you know, to to be able to kind of participate in college sports is something he, he's always wanted to do. And, and then, you know what, we, we got a message just last night that the, the weightlifting coach for the Michigan Wolverines knows who he is. Sent him an email and said, hey, I want to see some film of you lifting weights in competition. 
And so you have no idea where things might go from there, but you think about how devastated he must have been on Tuesday, right? Showing up for that first practice. All the expectations that, that he had, right? That he had made it, he had arrived, he, there he was. And it was all gone. By Thursday, by Friday, uh, there's some hope again. Right? That our Lord and Savior, He can even uh, take the, the bad news in our lives and He can create something new and different out of it if we but continue to love Him if we continue to follow in his steps. Now, you know, consider the, the opposite, you know, once again, in, in closing. Right, because what, what happens to so many people in their lives, the, the rug gets pulled out and God hates me, right? God's cursing me, I, I, I'm a loser. I can't make it. Maybe I'll start taking drugs. Maybe I'll turn to alcohol. Right? Anything to, to kind of, you know, calm the, this pain inside when I gave my best and I did my best and it didn't work out. And now I hung out with a different group of people and now I stopped going to church on Sunday and now I'm saying to myself, I don't even know if I love God anymore, if he's going to do stuff like this to me. And then the fact was God himself didn't actually do it. But you think in your mind that maybe he did. Right? God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't care how I feel. Right? And so I'm not coming to church and I'm not turning to God for help and support. I'm turning to drugs and alcohol instead. I'm beginning to hang out with different people, uh, people that could care less about their grades in college perhaps, people that you know are just there to party, right? I lose my motivation. And where does that path lead? It leads to destruction, doesn't it? But dear friends, that is not the Word of God. And so we consider once again that wonderful Word of God. In our text for today, he reminded us, you know, God looks at every little child and he says, I desire for that one to be saved. I want that one to come to the knowledge of me. I want that one to make it home. Now, God, God tells us the truth. He says, hey, in this world, there's going to be temptations. In this world, things are, are going to go wrong. But woe to the one through whom the temptation comes. See, if you cause one of my little ones to commit sin, if you cause one of my little ones to turn from me, their blood is going to be on your hand. 
And in, in fact, you know, it'd be better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and to be thrown into the sea than it's going to be to face the final judgment. That's a, a pretty graphic picture that God gives, isn't it? But guess what? When you and I look around in our world today, every single person we see used to be a little kid, didn't they? Now, every single person you know, they, they were a little baby at one time. And every single person we see, God has spoken that word. I want that person. I want that person on my team. I want that person to be in heaven with me. I want that person to make it home. You see, God never anywhere says, you know, that, that person was just cursed from the beginning. And oh, man. No, he says, I love them. I want them to be home with me. I desire that they would be saved. And so we can look into the future we can face tomorrow with that understanding. God does love us. And yeah, he told the truth, there's going to be trouble. But he also said, I can turn it for your good. I can make something good come out of it. I can write for you a wonderful story. You know, maybe we don't often think about it in, in those terms that our life is like a story. But you know, guess what? In, in the stories that we really like, right, the, the young hero, the young heroine goes off on an adventure, right? And in the course of that adventure, they, they encounter sorrow and heartache and, and adversity. We want to keep reading the story because we want to see how, how did they overcome? Are, are they going to make it? Was it because they had some good friends beside them that helped to get them through? You know, was it because they had a great faith in God that they persevered? What was it exactly? We're curious and we keep reading. And then finally, when the author runs out of things to say, in the old days anyway, they would write, and she lived happily ever after. Do, do we ever like to read stories about the happily ever after part? Does that really give us a lot of interest? No, because we just kind of have in our own mind what happily ever after is. And, you know, we don't really care that much. If you're in a, a happily ever after part of your life and you go out in the community, do people really come to you for advice? Oh, you're so perfect. Everything you do turns out right. How do you do that? Probably doesn't really happen, does it? We see, if you're in that part of your life where something tragic happened and God is using it for good, then people come out, don't they? And at the end of Randy's life, people came out to see him, not because he, he was a millionaire and had a place on the lake and two Corvettes in the garage, 
that came out to see him because of his faith in Christ. They came out to see him because they thought to themselves, you know, if I had cancer, I'd probably be cursing and swearing all the time. Cursing God and shaking my fist. Wondering what has happened to me. And I go to see Randy, and, and Randy is still in love with the Lord. And Randy still wants to tell me about Jesus. In the midst of his suffering, in the midst of his pain. You see, God can take something as terrible as cancer and he can even use it for good in a surrounding community as long as you and I keep loving him and keep following in his steps. Randy was able to do that. I, I believe my son Scott will be able to continue to do that, have a, a positive attitude and, and you know keep looking for different opportunities in his life. I think my, my son Robert is going to be able to do that as he grows a, a little bit older and gains some perspective. You know, that in the, the world of sports, you can have wonderful days and you can have devastating days. You and I, as Christians, can continue to do that. Because we've walked hand in hand with our Savior for these many years. Because we understand with our perspective that yes, tragedies are going to come. And yes, there's going to be hardship and there's going to be heartache at times. It doesn't mean God looked away. It doesn't mean he stopped loving us. It does mean that, well, even though I be a careful father walking hand in hand with one of my little guys as they were growing up, they still could have stumbled, fallen, scraped their knee, even though I was right there beside them, even though their hand was clenched in mine. It could still happen. But as a, the loving father, what happens with us, right? God scoops us up right away, doesn't he? He holds us in his strong arms. He says, I'm sorry, my son, my daughter. This happened in the sin-filled world. I love you so much. We're going to be home someday. And right now, let me wipe the tears from your eyes. And let me tell you one more time. I love you so very much. Amen.
And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. Amen.